0: Welcome in to the flagship interview podcast that comes out on Mondays for our Horns 24-7 membership and, of course, the 27, uh, 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. And um, and then, of course, the flagship podcast with Taylor Estes comes out on Wednesday. But without further ado, joining us right now, former Longhorns running back Jeremy Hill's now um, elite performance coach to NFL stars such as Earl Thomas, Kenny Vaccaro, Jalen Ramsey, Derwin James. And um, you also saw him in the documentary outcry on uh, the story of Greg Kelly, the wrongfully convicted former Leander safety who spent three years in prison for a crime. He didn't commit. He had been a, uh, Assignee to the UTSA Roadrunners before he went into prison, and then um, was linked up with Jeremy Hills, who put him through the ringer as he does all of his clients. And actually, Jeremy, you do these workouts
1: too, right? Yeah, I mean, um, my old strength and conditioning coach in college was uh, Benny Wiley after Mad Dog, and he used to always say, Leaders lead from the front. So, um, you know, I try not to ask those guys to do anything that I can't or won't do myself and uh that's that's uh it gains me a, a certain level of credibility and respect with him that i you know i cherish it well
0: let's uh we're gonna cover a lot of stuff here today on the uh the uh flagship podcast interview and let's of course you were a Longhorn, you finished up your your longhorn career in 2012 and then uh and of course your older brother tony hills yeah. um was like the Last offensive lineman drafted from the University of Texas before Connor Williams. It was like a 10-year drought. It was, it was something. But uh, before we get too far, how's your, how's your older brother, Tony?
1: Oh, Tony's good. Tony's good. He's living a retired life, and he's, like, wondering why he didn't do this earlier. So he's, he's in Dallas now. Um, he's been doing, like, credit restoration, and he's found a passion for that, helping people restore their credit to change their lives. And he's enjoying what we call the fifth quarter. You know, um, he's getting a chance to watch all three of his boys grow up right before his eyes. His beautiful wife is right there next to him. Tony's in heaven, man. He's having a good time. Beetlejuice, right? Beetleju- <laughs> Beetlejuice. I always man, get that. I always get that laugh.
0: That. <laughs> I always get that laugh from you, Jeremy. Right. Um, all right. So um, you uh, you finish up your your Texas Longhorns career in 2012, and then tell everybody how you became an elite performance coach
1: oh man i, I tell you what I, I won't give you the the full deal i give you like the you know the 30 seconds or less kind of deal um <laughs> so i started uh, i studied kinesiology and anatomy at, at ut and um and, and then I, I really dove into my own rehab process because as, as people may or may not know my senior year my last game at texas i uh i, I broke my my leg and, and ripped up my ankle pretty bad and so it was a lengthy rehab process for me. And, and through that process, I kind of just gained like a a second passion when I didn't know that I had just for, you know, rehab, but prehab, I guess you would say. And then had always been passionate about training. Training was one of, I was one of the, the few guys on the team that like didn't mind the 6 a.m. workouts. So um, with that being said, I, I worked for an orthopedic medical device sales company for a while. Uh, almost right right under three years, and, and finally just said, you know what, let me take all of the knowledge that I have from this, uh, my years in school in here, and my, my years of playing ball, something I'm passionate about, and see if I can't throw it in a big gumbo pot and see what we get. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of worked out. I went and had some amazing mentors, uh, Mark Verstegen out in Phoenix, Arizona with EXOs, uh, Ryan Capretta out in uh, Orange County, California, with uh, Proactive Sports. And then, obviously, Benny Wiley, who's now the strength coach at the the school up north. I, I love him, but we still just, oh, man. Yeah, something about like uh, crimson and cream. Yeah, something like that. I yeah. don't know. Cool. Some other colors. But, um, but, yeah, between those three men kind of really guided me and, and taking me under their wings over the last, it's been, what, seven, eight years now had an opportunity to build a a business that I love, that I'm happy with, and I get a chance to work with some of the best athletes in the country and get a chance to watch other athletes become those same guys. So it's fun.
0: Well, I had a chance to talk to you a little bit about um, the Greg Kelly situation, and we'll get into that in a minute. But um, you have have your NFL clients that a lot of people know about. and we'll we'll get to that in a second. But you also have a new venture you're you're doing with with Lifetime Fitness. Is that right? Tell us what's That's going right. on.
1: See the shirt there.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Lifetime baby, oh, wow. Lifetime. Lifetime. Get and, it right.
1: And uh, Lifetime and All Grind. So uh, All Grind was the name of, of my personal brand. And um, what what I'm getting with Lifetime and what we're doing is creating a a an adult group fitness class is kind of centered or, or with a with a it's like sport inspired right so a sport inspired adult group fitness class to really like you know you know you don't always just want to go to the gym and just get on the stairmaster, do the bench press do some buys and tries and a couple of resistance band pulls and call it a day sometimes you want to move around you want to feel good like you did when you were probably a high school athlete or you know, whenever you were at the peak of whatever your athletic career was. So we're creating a a functional fitness class and and trying to implement it. Uh, We want to start here in Austin, and then we'll go to San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, uh, Tennessee, Chicago, and grow from there. And the goal is to have it in every single lifetime facility, a sport-inspired adult fitness class. All grind. good
0: Good for you. All grind, baby.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Jeremy Hills, getting it done. And you told me there was sort of a tipping point for you. Um, and I think it involved Earl. I'm not sure, but you, you wanted to convince him that, Hey, I'm the guy to train you in the off season. And, and then tell us how you were able to, you know, bring in guys like Derwin James and Jalen Ramsey.
1: Well, see, the, the tough part is, is with Earl, we were friends first. So I'm, we've been knowing each other since we were seniors in high school. So uh, it was like, hey, uh, I see. This is where, you know, year 2014, 2015. He's coming off of a labrum tear right after they lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. They, the infamous "Give it to Marshawn Lynch" on the one yard line game. And so he's he had now had the shoulder, the so the shoulder surgery in Houston, and he's doing his rehab there at uh, MD Anderson and. I'm in Austin training, and I drive down to Houston, and I'm like, hey, give me a shot with your rehab. And he's like, uh, I, I love you, but I mean, just imagine. like, You know what I mean? Like one of your best friends is just like, hey, I, I know that your whole career lies on this shoulder of yours, but I think I'm interested in helping it better, get better. Give me a shot. But um, uh, no, he, he really he, – he took him, he gave me a meeting. We, we sat down, he took the meeting serious. He looked over everything that I had, the plan that I had laid out for his rehab process, which they were telling him he would be back in October. And um, his, an October return date would have him missing, what, eight weeks of the season. And uh was well, six to eight weeks of the season. And so I said, listen, you know, uh, a lot of times those rehab protocols are centered around the injury itself and not necessarily the person. So do everything that they're telling you to do, but just allow me to assist with your progression, you know, as it, as it goes. Because he may heal at a different speed than I, or, or I may heal at a different speed than you, Chip. Who knows? You know, but let's, I let's, heal look, at <laughs> let's, let's look at you, not necessarily just the injury, right? That was my approach with it. Um, I got his blessing. We talked to his team, and, and he got back that year and didn't miss a single game. So he played that entire year. Almost won defensive MVP. It went over to Luke Kuechly. So he, he had one of his best years that year, and that was really a, the tipping point, as you say, with my career, where it went from, you know, me trying to get my feet wet and doing something that I had studied, that I love, and that I'm knowledgeable about, and then people actually looking to me to uh, as as uh, somebody that they trusted trusted my knowledge base to then help their careers. And that's how you get a, a Jalen Ramsey or a Derwin James or any of these other new guys that are coming up that are just freaking athletically monsters. Like, the reason they trust it is because I've put in the time, effort, and the work that it takes in order to build up that trust. And you uh, – if if my memory serves, you have a three-phase workout
0: for these guys that you do that spans from the spring into the summer –
1: take us through the the phases? Well, first we have to establish the foundation, right? So I look at it almost like a tripart foundation of nutrition, um, strength, and then obviously, you know, mobility and durability of joints and really getting them to kind of grasp that concept of like, we say catchy little phrases, like you get out what you put in and you you know your body's a ferrari you can't put in 87 grade gas you got to put in the good stuff but like truly helping them understand how food and is fuel and how does that work and then understanding what does uh, strength mean because the application of strength is honestly what's important so it's like the way it's expressed through your job description or your position is it may be different for you it may not be important for you to have a Eight hundred pound squat. That's not our goal. That's not our goal, right? So we're we're talking um, more so power than we are brute strength. And just really, what I've what I've learned over the years is it's just taking the time to truly educate the guys early on, like truly educate the guys so that we kind of create a real why behind the what when it comes to the programming and then you know the reps, sets, frequency, et cetera, et cetera. cetera. So uh, from that part, then we'll move on over to truly you know moving on back to the field taking this new athlete that we kind of created in the lab and that's just me being goofy but you know like taking this new guy that we've been working on over this these past couple of months weeks whatever and now all right how are you feeling are you feeling more explosive do you feel you know sharper out of your breaks do you feel uh, is your muscle endurance where it needs to be over the time period of uh, however long that you play how many snaps you're getting etc etc and then we really want them, and this is the most important thing, is where you know, it's a two-pronged approach from a longevity standpoint and from a performance standpoint, because uh, I don't believe that, and it's proven, you don't wanna be like a flash in the pan. You don't wanna be this guy that had like this amazing two-year run, and then two years later, we're all sitting on the couch saying, whatever happened to such and such? It's like, you wanna be able to uh, sustain what a 16 now with the rule change 17 week regular season is going to grow at you. So truly teaching them how to take care of themselves. What does recovery look like? Um, and then how to play at the optimal level throughout the, the course of the season. So just continuous education, continuous staying on them, continuous conversation back and forth between them and I, and um, them just trusting the process and the plan that I have laid out for each and every single individual. And then at the end of the day, the lights come on, and you got to roll out there and go play ball. So you know, uh, being able to do that, to being confident in doing that. I, Coach Dwayne McKinney used to always say, um, "Trust your preparation," and you can only say that if you're prepared. So that's kind of the mindset that I have going into it all.
0: Well, it's impressive in your your list of clients. It grows. It's got you know Pro Bowlers and and uh, as we mentioned, the names already, um, but then. A, a kid gets thrown your way, Greg right. Kelly. Right. Take us, take us through it, um, Jeremy. Because, I mean, just judging it from afar, th- someone says, "Hey, Jeremy, there's this kid. You know, Greg Kelly. He was supposed to play college football. He ended up going to prison for three years. You throw him in with your NFL clients. I mean, your top NFL clients: Earl, right. Kenny, Derwin, James, Jalen Ramsey, and." You're probably trying to run this guy off, right? <laughs> or, or put him through the third year of law school in the first year, right. and right. then what happens?
1: Um, so, a little backstory there. Um, my dentist, uh, Eric Hoffman, is his one of Greg's older brothers' close friends, and that's how the connection was initially made. I'm at the dentist's office, and and Hoff's all in my mouth doing his thing. And he's like, Hey, I got this kid. I just want you to take a look at him. That's all I'm asking. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? So we're doing that whole thing. And I and I get that a lot, right? I get that a lot. Like Facebook messages or Twitter DMs. And yeah, I got like, a guy for you. Yeah. Like, this is my son or this is my nephew. I'm telling you, this is the guy. You know? And and I appreciate the enthusiasm because I get a chance to, I love film. I'm a film junkie. I get a chance to like watch, like highlight tapes and film of kids that I'll probably never meet in life. And I'm like, oh man, this kid probably is going to be really good one day. You know, so I appreciate that. And so they sent me over Greg's tape. I'm looking at him play and I'm like, oh man, okay, yeah, they, you know, the kid looked pretty good at that time. Like, well, w- well, what happened? Walk me through it. And I had never heard of this story. I'd never heard of the Greg Kelly story, right? So, right. The
0: documentary didn't come out till July 9th of this year. And you, we're talking three years ago.
1: For right. You. No. So this, at the time for me, we're talking, yeah, 16, 17. Yeah, exactly. So we're talking three years ago or so. And it, Eric's kind of telling me, Hoffman the Dennis, he's kind of telling me the story. But it, I don't know. It just wasn't, it wasn't outcry. He wasn't telling me outcry. He was just right. giving me like, you know, cliff notes on kind of what happened and how we got here and just let him come by the facility. So uh, I eventually say, you know what, let's do it. Like, let him come by the facility. Um, If nothing else, this kid will get an experience of a lifetime, right? He'll get an opportunity to come in and he's already been through enough, but he gets an opportunity to come in and for a day or two work alongside guys that he plays the position. He plays, you know, outside linebacker and safety. So he's he's that tweener kind of body. He gets a chance to yeah, be next to these guys that are doing it at the highest level and, and the household names. I was like, you know what? Let me if I can do anything at all, let me give him that experience. And he comes in, we introduced himself, he was a manners where I, the kid was raised, right? I can tell you that. And I was like, all right, I really I I instantly kind of liked him just talking to him, filling him out. And um Yeah, we we got this thing we just called baptism by fire. So we threw him in. We threw him in uh, with obviously me overseeing, making sure that you know he, he doesn't do anything to get himself hurt. At the same time, he gets the opportunity to see that maybe this isn't for you. And, and uh, yeah, so like maybe 10 12 minutes in, he's like, he's calling Earl, as we say, he's yakking like he's in the corner of the gym, yakking it up. <laughs> and uh, well, you know, some of the vet guys got a couple jokes off. It was a good day. All right. Now I brought him over to the side. I said, Hey, you know, like any like any locker room, you're gonna get a little bit of that. And he was like, No, it's no problem. I earn my stripes. Same time tomorrow. I was like, same time tomorrow. Same time tomorrow. <laughs> so he shows up the next day, same exact thing. Ten minutes in, he's yakking all over again. And um at this point I'm starting to feel like I'm a little cruel. I'm like, I gotta I gotta calm this. I gotta stop like <laughs> And, and so I pull him aside and I'm like, hey, why don't you come in for some one-on-one sessions with me? These will be on me. Let's, let's just work together. And he's like, no, I got it. I got it. Same time tomorrow? Like, Same time tomorrow. Then the kid shows up 20 minutes early and he's like going through the stretch routine, getting some extra work in and three days somehow turned into three months. And by this time, He's like earned the respect of everybody in here. He's one of the hardest workers. He's always early. He always getting staying later to get some extra work in. He won't shut up. He start talking to the vets. He's picking their brain. I'm like, oh shit, this kid is really like it, the number. You can't play this game at a high level if you're not passionate about it. You just can't. It requires too much from you. And so watching him, like just keep chopping wood every single day. I just started growing like this respect for the not necessarily again, I don't all the way I, I never touched on his story. So I don't all the way know his story, but just the man in front of me. And I started growing the respect for this person that I'm getting to know. You know, you spend a lot of one on one and a lot of intimate kind of close time with these guys. You're from you're with them from 9 a.m to maybe 1 p.m five days a week. Like you know it's when you're not just doing your rap or whatever it is, you, you're talking the whole time. So you, it's just this continuous relationship that's being built. And by the time we got to phase two of the program, as you say, when we got to the summer, um, I, I still remember the day when when he really earned the respect of everybody as uh, we, we, we got this hill that we go to called Big Bertha. It's over on the east side. And um, man, that hill is what I call the equalizer because it, it, it don't matter who you are, how many years you played, or how much work you put in, Big Berth is going to get it out of you today. And uh, we're, we're at that point. We're about 40 minutes in. And we're running out here. It's, it's Texas. It's the middle of the summer. We have, we got 12-pound weight vests on. Um, we've been going for phase two now, three to four weeks into phase two. So in totality, we're talking about 12 weeks in. And, um, yeah, guys are hands and knees. There's no trash cans out here. So they just – water in the yard, <laughs> and, and Greg, and I told him, hey, we got one more rep. And I'm hearing the groans and the moans. And you know, normally this is where I would say something like, um, I don't know, hey, you know you know the deal, fourth quarter, this is where, this is where we separate ourselves. It's something, right? It's, pre- it's pretty cliche, but it's the truth. It's the same thing. And Greg speaks up. Like, this is somebody that's truly only been talking when spoken to or, or kind of pulling guys off to the side one-on-one to pick their brain. He speaks up in front of the group and he's just like, uh, this is a privilege. I promise you wouldn't want to be on the other side of that wall wishing you could do this. And it got, like, I'm getting chills now talking about it. It got like, deathly quiet in there, and out there. And um, all of a sudden, I was like, all right, here we go. Feet on the line. And you could feel the difference in the approach to this rep. And I think from that day, it was like, he's arrived he's arrived with us he and, and for me it was like and it's the smallest thing but it's like man it's he's one of them he, he seamlessly fits in I can't tell the difference I truly can't tell. Kenny Vaccaro Greg Kelly you, you show me the difference right I'm obviously opportunity accomplishments everything else but I'm saying you show me the difference these guys work he works just as hard he puts in the same time into the craft He like everything that's required for success for this position at this level, he does it, he checks all the boxes. And so uh, I sat down with him shortly after that moment. And I said, I just said, Hey, when you get a chance, tell me what happened. And I never asked him about it. And he was real open. And we sat down, maybe in about two and a half, three hours, he kind of just told it to me. And at that point, I guess it was like, wow, I understand now. Like, I I get it now. It makes sense to me now. And I And I've just been cheering for him ever since, just helping out where I could, because I'm playing a very small piece in a a much bigger, more important story and journey that he has. And um, again, yeah, he just, I I, I just kind of fell in love with the kid and and was like, however I can help him, I'm going to. Um, I knew that. At the time, Jason Washington was the defensive back coach at the University of Texas, and, and Coach Washington and I had a good relationship, and I was like, hey, you get a chance to take a look at this kid. Like, at this point, I'm, you would have swore I was, like, his sports agent or something. Everybody, <laughs> that, every coach that I run into, hey, you get a chance to take a look at this kid. Hey, you get a chance to take a look at this kid. And, and I was getting the same thing back from a lot of coaches that I know at that level. They were saying, hey, he looks good. He looks good. He has all his eligibility. I mean, at this time, he was simply just waiting to be, as you've seen on Outcry, he was waiting to be cleared from the uh, Texas Supreme Court. So they needed, it was almost like a, a big pause button put on his college career because you needed that part to happen before he could get uh, admitted to a university and then accepted as a walk-on or a scholarship athlete. So I told Greg, you gotta work every single day like today's the day you find out you get cleared, period. Because when it happens and, and, and they say you know, we're, we're on play, we're no longer on pause, all right, are you ready to go? If they say, Greg, come try out for us today, are you ready? And and that's the question that you have to ask yourself. Because it was – I could visibly see, uh, like it would be on any man, it was tough for him to train throughout that whole offseason and then watch these guys go play football. And then it would be like, okay, Greg, I see you next January. And we've done this two and three times over, you know, so uh, to – just the perseverance, the relentlessness, the, the the clear vision and focus and the unwillingness to give up was something that I still admire from him today. And then when he got uh, he did get cleared, uh, deservingly so, and got admitted into the university. Um, I said, okay, you know what time it is now. We just, the hard part is done. Go be a ball player. And so he went and did the, the, uh, the walk on tryout. And I kid you not, like some type of sick comedy the pandemic hit, and it stopped everything. It stopped everything. So that's where we're at now. But um, I don't think that his story is anywhere near being over. And I'm excited to see wherever he ends up playing. Hopefully, I would love to see him in the burn orange, but uh, I don't make that decision. So wherever he ends up playing, he got some fan in me, and I just want to see the kid go play football. Go have fun. Go have fun. You put too much work in not to enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Well, we're talking to Jeremy Hills, elite performance coach to uh, NFL stars such as Earl Thomas and Kenny Vaccaro and also uh, lent a helping hand to Greg Kelly. We'll come right back with Jeremy Hills. All right, we're back with Jeremy Hills and Jeremy. Um, you were just you know talking about Greg Kelly, and for those who haven't seen the documentary outcry, he was wrongfully convicted of of molesting uh, two boys while, well, he was living in a house where they were running a daycare center, but they botched his investigation so badly that they didn't bother to look. At another person who was living in the house, who looked just like Greg Kelly, and happened to be the son of the woman who was running the daycare center, and it's the the son, uh, Jonathan McCarty, who's been listed as a suspect in in the case that Greg Kelly was convicted for. Uh, had a long record, a criminal record. It turns out that Greg's own attorney, Patricia Cummings, had had represented Jonathan McCarty in some of his previous legal troubles but didn't bother to tell greg kelly that he gets convicted sent you know to prison for 25 years no parole and then thankfully uh with the help of activist jake braden and uh, defense lawyer keith hampton they somehow get this appeal uh, in front of the court of criminal appeals and he ultimately is exonerated found completely innocent and now he's trying to live his dream of playing college football at the age of 24 years old. And, and Jeremy, I've mentioned this to you previously because it reminds me a little bit of the Ahmad Hall and Nate Boyer, uh, walk on stories at Texas. They were older guys who'd served in the military and came in. Um, and Ahmad Hall played with your older brother, Tony, mm-hmm. and and you played with Nate Boyer and, I don't know, there's just a maturity and focus that comes with older guys who've had to wait and have been waiting and, and you know, wanting this opportunity so much. You tell me, do you see similarities um, in you know Greg Kelly and Nate Boyer just from a maturity and focus standpoint that might benefit a locker room of younger guys, especially in a pandemic where younger guys are going to be tempted to go out and probably not wear a mask and mingle?
1: Right. Um, I think 100%. And then another name you have to throw into that list, not for the, the military background, but for coming into the locker room as a, a guy that is a little bit older than everybody else and experienced and has kind of seen life a little bit more is Quan Crosby. Um, right. I play played with baseball. with as well. Yeah, I played with Quan as well. And I remember my freshman year, honestly, Quan, Quan and Jordan Shipley were the two that taught me how to approach the game. And, it's, and it wasn't necessarily strictly based off of their experience with football, but more so with their experience with life. Uh, Jordan had multiple injuries before his stellar career ever took off, and it made him a, a little bit of an older junior and senior. And then Kwan had a whole baseball career before he decided to come the football route, which he was already, he I want to say he was already married with children and, and you know, was in a, a completely different mind space than an 18-year-old incoming freshman was. So having guys like that in the locker room, you talk about policing yourselves, they truly were like the big brothers. And you respected them not because of their stats, not because of, you know, necessarily the contribution on Saturday, but more so the way that they handled their business. The way that well, they handled their business.
0: Well, and uh, you know, you you told a story about Nate Boyer in summer workouts where you know, everybody's dying, and, and he brings up some life-or-death combat mission and what was oh, on the line.
1: Perspective. Oh, it adds perspective immediately. Like, it's amazing how when you literally feel like you can't go anymore, I mean, you've been running 110-meter sprints from 6 a.m., and you look at your watch, and it's now 7.45, and you realize, I've been running 110-meter sprints for an hour and 45 minutes and you feel like I cannot go anymore and then Nate and I love Nate let me say this I love Nate but Nate wasn't the most athletic Nate wasn't the strongest the biggest the fastest but Nate steps up and gives you this example of like what truly being up against the wall means of not being able to go anymore like when it truly is that life or death type choice like and was explaining, like, this isn't that, you know, and, and just kind of, it immediately just adds a different perspective. And, and you start going from, man, I can't, I gave it all to, you know, maybe I got two more left. Maybe I got two more. Like, you know, like just how, how it flips your mindset. And if I'm being 100% honest, I think that, like, when I think back to my career at Texas and my, my, my time being on that team, and I, I love UT, but that came most in handy during tough road games like during tough tough road games usually it was, for whatever reason it was tough cold road games like having that person having that Quan crosby having that nate boyer like i remember being at mizzou or at nebraska um just at believe it or not at wyoming one year and just us not playing up to the standard of what we play and then these being the guys that, you know, don't get it wrong, Colt McCoy was a superstar, right? But And, and a vocal and, and a leader, like a leader by his actions, a leader by his words. Colt was everything that they hyped him up to be. But knowing that, okay, Quan can step up and, and give you what you need right here, or Nate can step up and give you what you need right here. I always say a, a solid locker room is going to have about five to six guys like that, at least, that at any given moment, they're going to be the ones to step up. Right. And and then, you know, the talent and the team kind of rallies around that. And then you go out and handle business from there. But um, I think it's invaluable. I think I don't think you can really place a value on it. You won't find it in a stat book. That's the thing. You don't find this type of there's no stat for, for leadership. Right. There's no stat for leadership. But but I'll tell you this. Go ask the men in the locker room. Who are they looking to when it gets tough? Sometimes it's not the superstar. Right. And this is the truth. Sometimes it's not, not every superstar is the leader. Now it tends to work out in your favor when the superstar is the leader, but right. Not every, not every superstar is a leader and you can't force leadership. Leaders are going to lead period. Ask the men in the locker room and they'll tell you, yeah, no, no doubt. Hearing this from this person always got me here. Hearing this from this person put my mind in this place. And whenever I made a mistake and was in lost focus or whatever, this person brought me back when he said this. Right, and so me having the privilege of, of playing, like we said, with quan and with Nate, and then knowing Greg, it's like I see that same thing. I've, I've seen it before, so I, it's easy for me to recognize. And I've seen the impact it makes in a locker room. So when you ask me, do I think that this person can contribute to the locker room from a leadership perspective because of their past experiences? Hell, yes, easily. I know the formula for it. I know what it looks like, and so if Again, he gets the opportunity. I, I wouldn't be surprised. i'm I mean, and obviously, I'm biased, right? because I've already told you I like the kids, so when you like somebody, you see them in the light that you choose to. But that didn't happen just because I was like, "Oh, I like Greg Kelly. this was this is three years of consistency in 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 performance and actions. This isn't necessarily lip service. This is like literally actions, all right? And then it wasn't until craziest thing not to dive too far into it on Wednesdays he would be like five or so minutes late. And if anybody knows me, being late is like my big pet peeve. So just because if I respect your time, give me the same. And I pull him over to the side. I'm like, hey, what is going on? i I've taking a look at this and it's only on Wednesdays that you're late. And uh, he says, so we're doing a documentary over everything that happened. And every Wednesday, I have to actually go check the list to see if my name's on it to find out if I've been exonerated. That wait, there's like no, they don't call you. or like no, the list comes out Wednesday and I literally sit there for hours, just waiting to see, and then when it comes out, I check and see if my name's on it. And then up to this point, I'm kind of disappointed, Realize my name's not on it, and I get in the car and drive down here. How about that's that? That's Greg Kelly, that's Greg Damn. Kelly. Like, you know what I mean? He flips the switch from, am I going back to prison or not, to let me go get my work in. Like, you know what I mean? Wow. And at that time, he's 22 years
0: old. Right. When you see the documentary, he had to wait two years for that court of criminal appeals decision to come down. Typically, it's it's a matter of months or maybe a year. But this was two years. Unbelievable. Jeremy, really, really appreciate it, man. I know you're going 100 miles an hour and appreciate you taking some time for us. Keep continued success. Uh, for you with your elite performance coaching with Lifetime. All grind, baby. Tell everybody where they can find you.
1: Oh, on any social media site, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's jhills5, so J-H-I-L-L-S, and then the number five. Or you can just come holler at me on the website. I love to talk chop, um, any type of speaking engagement, or just any kind of questions. I I love what I do. Let's talk. It's just uh, jhills.com. So try to keep it as simple as easy, right? Oh, yeah, that's smart. Not hard to find, you know. But uh, Chip, as always, man, thanks for having me. And um, look, I'm telling you, the great kid is going to be good. Check out his film when you get a chance.
0: Hey, Jeremy, you're the best. Uh, It's a great story, your own story, continued success. You're a self-made guy. And uh, we love the conversation, and we'll do it again soon,
1: okay? Yes, sir. Sounds good. Stay safe out here, brother.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Stay safe and keep the faith and stay safe and keep the faith to everyone listening to the flagship podcast interview. Thanks to Jeremy Hills for giving us the time today. We will talk to you again next week. Get over to iTunes. Give us a five star rating. You know, our bosses like that kind of stuff. Give us a a solid review and, uh, and we'll talk to you next week on the flagship podcast interview. Thanks so much, everybody. Stay safe.